make a claim, you have to prove it. How is <laughs> that's a very bold statement because traditionally, traditionally, I think most companies make a overarching theme or a, a claim that is very general. So if you fall into the parameter, it's a success. And that's why you'll see on the commercial, you know, 97% of subjects have experienced great success. 3% have experienced, you know, discoloration of nose, you know, like things like that, like, you know, something that is just completely left that had nothing to do with what we were talking about. How do you make this claim and storytelling and yet keep the audience attention? Because TikTok says, Jude, <laughs> you have 15 seconds if you're great, 30 seconds if you're good, 60 seconds if you're average. How do you capture my attention in a minute or less to tell that uh, type of story? You start with understanding where your customer is in their journey. So TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those places are entertainment places. So how can you entertain me in 30 to 60 seconds to let me know that you exist? Your boy CVMK33, also known as Cody Kelly. Look, dramatic demonstration. What is it? How do you sell in today's climate, post-COVID, post-modern world, where there's so much convoluted information? There's so many brands, so many products. How do you distinguish yourself in the marketplace? How do you tell your story in 15 seconds or less? Or less. I don't know why I can't speak today, but this is going to be an amazing episode featuring an amazing leader, Jude Charles. He's worked with Keisha Kaor. Yes, Gucci Mane's wife. He's worked with Steve Harvey, and he's really going to give us the secrets to the bag. Sit back and enjoy. Awesome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. The best podcast business taming. What I like to say, not left. If you can see it, it looks like I'm going right, but it's not left, not right just life and we we really go there we discuss any and all things that have to do with business it's going to be an amazing podcast amazing episode because i have an amazing person somebody that is really out in the space changing the landscape and we're going to get into it over this dramatic demonstration but before we do that you know what you got to do you want to keep seeing amazing content amazing people like we have on today you got to subscribe to the youtube channel now they got the little hashtags you don't have to put in the long url it's C B M K Cody Vernon Marsh Kelly. Just put it on YouTube. My bald head should pop up. Instagram CBMK underscore global. Also on the new Instagram page at it is what it is underscore show. I almost messed that up. It is what it is underscore show. Oh man, and CBMK33, TikTok, CBMK Globe, as you see, is a reoccurring thing. And where the best supplements are, I got with us. The pre-workout, you know what it is, CBMK, superpower. When you got those long winter days like it is today in Chicago, when the high is 35 and it's snowing and raining at the same time, you know, you get through the winter blues with the best pre-workout. Only at www.cvmkglobal.store. And with that being said, I have this guest who, you know, I stalked on LinkedIn. 
answered. He was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I don't know if I came across it on an article of Enterprise. I'm just reading, like, you know me, I, I read a lot of things, and his name appeared. He's done a lot of fantastic work, and he decided to come onto the show, and we're super grateful for that. So with that being said, and I said that now twice, Jude, how you doing today? <laughs> I am great, Cody. Uh, I am looking forward to this conversation. You're definitely hyped. This morning, so looking forward to uh, <laughs> hey, man, looking forward I look, to dive deep uh, into dramatic demonstration, man. Yeah, I got my caffeine with me, you know. So this is how I get through the day. Uh, this is my this is my choice right here, <laughs> and I'm super super excited. But you for the for the audience for them that do not know, all right, that have not been introduced to you and the value that you bring. If you mind, kind of giving a brief introduction, then we'll get into it. Yeah, so I am a filmmaker, author, and entrepreneur. I help entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurs, leverage the power of storytelling. What does that mean? That means that I take, uh, let's, hypothetically, let's say someone has written a biography, a book about themselves. I'll take that book and turn it into documentaries. I turn it into films that tell their story, that shows who they are beyond the thing that they do. It's about who they are and what they stand for. Um, I started this business at 17 years old while I was in a TV production classroom in high school. And my teacher, the TV production teacher, Mrs. Donnelly, said to me, Jude, you're really, really talented at video production. You should start a business. Well, I didn't know anything about being an entrepreneur. My father was a construction worker. My mom worked at a chair factory. Plus, I'm the youngest of 10 children. So, that, so no one in my family were entrepreneurs. But the following day, when Mrs. Donnelly said that to me, the following day, May 5th, 2006, she walked into the classroom with a yellow envelope. And inside of this yellow envelope, I looked and it was my first set of business cards, which I still have to this day. If you're watching the video recording, you'll see that I still hold, I still have this business card. Um, but that's, that's who I am. That's how I got started. And that's why we're sitting here today, like 16 years later, I've worked with uh, clients like Google, Steve Harvey, Caldwell Banker, uh, K.O.R. Cosmetics, and all of them have been the same thing, helping them leverage the power of story to grow their business. I like the look of the name dropped I worked with. <laughs> the resume came out. I felt under accomplished. I'm like, you knew what you wanted to do at 17, man. I didn't know till last three years ago. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this is amazing. Look, we're going to get into it, but a quick word from our sponsors. There's a hero in all of us waiting to be unleashed. All it takes is just that one last push. Activate the hero within with CBMK Global Supplements. All natural, steroid-free, designed to enhance performance, build muscle, and increase energy. You are unstoppable. You can do this. Become your own hero at www.cbmkglobal.store. All right, guys, you know what it is, www.cbmkglobal.store. So you, you mentioned, you know, starting this path at 17. Uh, that's a really young age to not only know what you want to do, but to have the consistency. Was there ever a time when it was like, yeah, I want to do this? You know, but it's more of a passion. Like, you know, I'm, I really want to play the saxophone or, you know, just something like, you know, like it didn't become a the the go-to. Like, when did it switch for you? Or was that always the case? Like, this is the go-to. I invested all my time and resources. This is my baby and this is what I do. No, it definitely wasn't the go-to. I think for me, it was uh, Mrs. Donnelly who just saw something in me and 
the most important thing is she said, Jude, you can make money from this. You're already talented. Just go out and make money from it. But it wasn't like something that was a true business, I don't think. Like, yes, I started the business. I filed my articles of incorporation and all those things. But I struggled to make $20,000 a year. So it wasn't a profitable business the first five years. But I'll never forget when it flipped for me. Um, I woke up one morning, it was about 7 a.m., and I woke up to the sounds of chains hitting the floor. It had always been a nightmare for me to hear these chains hitting the floor. I jumped up out of bed, ran to the front window, and when I looked outside, it was a tow truck driver outside coming to repossess my car for the second time in eight months. So I went back inside the room, sat on the edge of the bed, my hands my head in my hands just sitting in a soup of anxiety trying to figure out okay what do i do next because it's been five years at this point i'm about 21 22 so i still got time to go back to college i didn't go to college at this time i still got back time to go back to college but in this moment i'm sitting and i'm trying to figure this out and i get a phone call from a client i had been working with her name is keisha dior she goes by keisha kior now yeah keisha dior was building a cosmetic business kior cosmetics from the ground up is that gucci Uh, man's wife that is Gucci Mane. That is Gucci Mane. I didn't think I was like, why is the name so real? I was, I was like, Gucci Mane's wife. Look at the name drop. <laughs> <laughs> she was building a, a cosmetic business selling purple, blue, green lipsticks. They weren't popular at this time. This is about 2010, 2011. They weren't popular. And uh, I had been documenting for her her journey of building this company from the ground up. And so she calls me and she's like, Jude, Judy, you won't believe it. You won't believe it. I just got off the phone with my accountant and he says we've made a million dollars. I just told you I've been str- struggling to make $20,000 a year for five years. Keisha has started this business uh, and in one year had made $1 million from selling cosmetics. For context, when I charged her for the documentary, I had only charged her $3,000. So in this moment, I have a decision to make whether I continue or not because here's I could look at it as one way. Here's proof that I surely shouldn't continue. Here's a client who's able to make a million in, in one year. I've been struggling to make even a hundred thousand dollars in five years. Like, and so, but the other thing I saw that wait, there's something valuable here. She can make a million dollars from selling cosmetic twenty dollar lipsticks. Clearly, there's something I needed to learn, and that was the switch for me. When I saw that happen with Keisha Dior, I understood. Two things. One, the reason that the documentary was successful, the reason that she was able to make $1 million from her business is because she understood how to tell her story. But the second thing, it's not just telling the story. She understood sales and marketing, and that's what I was missing. I was missing how do I market and promote myself in a way that shows the client, even if I wanted to charge them, let's just say not 3000 but 10000 If I want to charge them that, how do I help them see the value? in what I'm creating for them. And so I took a year off. I continued working with Keisha, but I didn't take on any other clients and I went back and learned sales and marketing. But it was that moment with Keisha Dior that helped flip and change everything. That's a that's a wow moment. Um, and I think what I mean by that, it's seeing effort materialize into the real gain and then also seeing that I have work to do and the dual sidedness of that, which I don't think 
most individuals pay that much attention to. Even if they get to the point that it has materialized into something, but the humility to say, okay, I need to really invest in sales and marketing. I really need to understand what I'm creating here because it's much larger than what I think. So how do you link the two? Uh, And what I mean by this is um, I think there's a, a notion or an assumption. I think there's an assumption with organizations that marketing in general leads to sales. Maybe, maybe not. That's a very layered mm-hmm. question. <laughs> and marketing, therefore, has always taken these paths, right? You have what I call um, influencer marketing, uh, whether whatever level you do it on. If you do macro, you get the Kevin Hart's, the Dwayne Johnson's of the world. You place a brand around them. It doesn't matter if they're selling donuts. You put them, you show them eating the donuts. The donut tastes good. You know, consumption. You have um, what I would call internal marketing, email list, things of that nature, content, you know, white pages put out things that make you look credible. But then you have what I call the third layer, which is my world (laughs) in sales. (laughs) And this is where, to me, the disconnect, because it doesn't really connect like not that we're bottom feeders, because that's I think that's a trope. It's just that there's not an appreciation for that professional being linked to all these other processes and understanding that they have to be aligned. So when you went down this path, and my question being, that was a long way to get to this question. How did you, because I'm sure this leads you into this dramatic demonstration, how did you put together the framework for this idea? It's important to make a distinction between marketing and sales. And this is how I see it. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you're in sales. Yeah. Marketing is to let people know that you exist. That's it. Yeah. That's that it. you have either a product or you have a service, but that you exist, right? That's marketing. Uh, me coming on a podcast is marketing, right? Yeah. Sales, though, is to close the deal. That's to get someone across the finish line. They know you exist. But how do they know that what you have to offer is actually the right thing for them? Right? Hmm. Dramatic demonstration, how I came up with it, is, is in very simple terms. It's not only just telling your story, but showing your story. And that showing part is what demonstrates that what you have to offer is right for the person watching it. Uh, with Keisha Dior, if we take that example of her selling cosmetics, I, the documentary that we created is a three-part documentary series, but it was showing behind the scenes of her building the business, but it was also um, her telling her story about like how she created it, the origin story. She created it because she wanted, she was going out to the club one night, wanted to wear blue lipstick, but couldn't find a business that sold it. She couldn't find it in the store. She couldn't find it anywhere. So she was just like, I'm going to create this at home. She created it at home, went out to the club that night, and no matter who she saw, they kept asking her, oh, my gosh, you look beautiful. Where did you get that from? In the documentary, we tell that story, but we also talk about the story of women empowerment. Wearing blue lipstick in 2010, 2009, 2010, was not popular. You almost look crazy going out wearing blue lipstick. But for Keisha, it was about feeling comfortable in the skin that she's in. 
feeling confident in the skin that she's in. And that is the story that we told. Now, when you go to buy the cosmetics, again, hundreds of companies sell cosmetics. They sell lipsticks. The reason that Keisha's lipstick is right for you is because you know it's about women empowerment. Right? You know that you can't find the unique colors that she has anywhere else. To me, there's that, there's that distinction that you make this dramatic demonstration of proof. Someone is always asking, before they buy your product, before they decide to work with you, they're always asking, why should I do business with you versus any and every other option available? If we shorten that, it's why you. Well, why you? The answer to that is your story. But what gets people across the finish line is what I call emotional selling, where you take them across a journey that helps them to understand. Again, it starts with your story, but it ends with this is why you need to buy this thing that I have to sell. Um, I'll give you one more example. The Dramatic Demonstration of Proof book. I wrote a book all, all on this process. Yeah. It does not sell as a $20 book. When I launched it in February of 2022, it started, I uh, started it at $100. Today, it sits at $150. Again, there's a dramatic demonstration of proof that needs to be made. Even for a book that's called Dramatic Demonstration, there's a dramatic demonstration of proof of why this book is valuable. And part of that for me is the experience that I create. And it's, it's almost meta that this dramatic demonstration is, this dramatic demonstration book is a dramatic demonstration that I know what I'm talking about. Um, and so, again, all of that combined, how do we bring people into our world? First, invite them through marketing and then take them across the finish line with sales. So, so I like that. I, I was listening to um, the podcast that you sent over. I was listening to the material that you, you sent to me. Thank you so much. And, you know, it, it was uh, enlightening. Um, and I really took down some notes. Um, I'm, I'm actually read some of my notes here. This is going to sound a little bit scripted. I wrote capturing uh, emotional intelligence ethos. Uh, the podcast felt like because they opened up almost like a throwback to classic radio, the issue of storytelling and connecting the dots. Uh, but then you said this, and I wrote this in quotes. If you make a claim you have to prove it. How is <laughs> that's a very bold statement because traditionally, traditionally, I think most companies make a overarching theme or a, a claim that is very general. So if you fall into the parameter, it's a success. And that's why you'll see in the commercial, you know, 97% of subjects have experienced great success. 3% have experienced, you know, discoloration of nose, you know, like things like that, like, you know, something that is just completely left that had nothing to do with what we were talking about. How do you make this claim and storytelling and yet keep the audience attention? Because TikTok says, Jude, <laughs> you have 15 seconds if you're great, 30 seconds if you're good. 60 seconds if you're average. How do you capture my attention in a minute or less to tell that uh, type of story? You start with understanding where your customer is in their journey. So TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those places are entertainment places. So how can you entertain me in 30 to 60 seconds to let me know that you exist? Now, that might be, let's just take a random thing like beard products, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we both have beards, right? Yeah. The easiest thing to do is show a before and after. 
picture of someone who let's just say is a beard growth product specifically is a before and after the person that didn't have a beard and then they grew a beard that's the easiest thing mm-hmm. but i think the other thing too is bringing me behind the scenes of him applying the beard oil what makes this beard oil unique in this in the way that it's applied right so i i mentioned beard oil because i actually went through my own journey of trying to find the right beard products right so the first time i bought beard products it just kind of came in the mail it was just kind of like hey here it is but i'd never used beard products before but the second company they sent me the beard products but then they sent me it was like a postcard and on the postcard you could go to their youtube page to actually watch how to apply this correctly or to watch other men and what they do and why they decided to buy the products right so when you're talking about gathering attention I think, again, it goes back to marketing versus sales. Marketing gets the attention on social media. Sales closes the door and makes sure, like, yeah, this was the right choice. This is the right choice, and then this was the right choice. To do that in, on social media, the first 10 seconds, the first 15 seconds, um, how do you hook them in? How do you start the story, just drop them right in the middle? Don't start with, like, uh, if, again, going back to the beard example, don't start with just holding up the bottle. I think bring me behind the scenes of, of someone applying it or a live illustration of the science behind what makes this unique, right? Or social proof where it's maybe it's not just one person holding the bottle, but it's 10 people holding the bottle, right? Like, so part of the social proof I have for the, the book is I get people doing unboxing videos. Because like I mentioned, the book is not just a book. It doesn't come in like a yellow envelope where, you know, kind of like Amazon does, where they just send you a book, it's in a yellow envelope, and that's it. Or it's in a regular box. Mine's come in a black uh, nondescript box. So the box is not labeled on the outside, but it's a black box. And then when you open it, it says dramatic demonstration. But then there's also, I put, actually, I have a, a, a copy here. I put the books in a velvet bag. So when you pull out the book, right, you pull out the book and then you see it's dramatic demonstration or you see that it's a book, right? Right. It's an entire experience. There's handwritten cards that I put inside to let you know, like, this is your unique experience. This was done specifically for you. I write every card. And then there's a notebook and a pen that I include because if it's a book that's teaching you something, you're going to learn from it, right? I'm not going to count on you to just have your own notebook and pen in case you don't have it. I, I incorporate it. All of that is just things I'm saying to you, but then I have people unboxing it. And now you see them going through the experience and it's like, wow, they're wild by a simple book. Hmm. Right. So when you look at, again, creating content on social media, it could be, I have these five demonstrations. It could be behind the scenes, live illustration, social proof, unique mechanism, which is why I mentioned, like, what's the science behind the beard oil? Or what's, what, what is it that makes this unique from any and everything else? Unique mechanism. And the last one is transformation. Showing the before and after, but also showing life after. What I mean by the life after part is that uh, there's this fitness coach who coaches women who are over 40. Okay. And it's, it, of course, it's to lose weight, look good, feel good. Yeah. But she um, she received this text message from her client once, and it was a, a picture of an empty airplane. And then um, the end of the text message, the client says, this is the first time in my life. Keep in mind, she's over 40. This is the first time in my life I'm getting on an airplane and I don't have to ask for a seatbelt extension. Hmm. Hmm. 
that tells a different story that tells that shows me the transformation what life looks like after it's not just about losing 100 pounds it's not just about fitting in the jeans that you wore back in high school she doesn't have to go through the anxiety the embarrassment whatever it is of asking for a seatbelt extension so when you're looking at creating content on social media bring me into the experience when you only have 30 seconds, 60 seconds. I happen to create documentaries that are 15 to 20 minutes long. What matters is how you bring someone into that story to engage them. It's not just about sitting in front of a camera and talking. Even as we're talking, I'm sitting here demonstrating to you what the package actually looks like. Or I'm demonstrating the card that Mrs. Donnelly gave me back in uh, 2006 when I started the video production company. I'm walking you through the experience so that you're engaged the entire time. So I like that. So it aligns with, um, and I told you about uh, uh, Monday, Pine and Gilmore. So we talk about the experience economy, right? We talk about this experiential factor that no matter what the product is, what consumers really invest in is the experience. Obviously, transformative being the end result, but transformative is also not the only goal. There is a thing called edutainment. <laughs> uh, it's an escapism with it all. And hence actually why I got this idea for business taming because it's an escapism, right? And, and that's aligned with the other goals. And that's how your product kind of goes over. And that's what's going to separate brand A from brand B. So in your reach, right, you're providing this experience with the black box, with the velvet encasing, uh, with the notepad and everything so that when the purchaser uh, comes into contact with it, they're just getting more than a book and, and a little nice note card. Thank you for purchasing. They're getting a whole experience that allows them to feel like I'm more than a number, right? Like this was actually thoughtful and considering, you know, me and, and customizable to some extent. Uh, and I am doing more than just gaining information. I'm participating in the information received. So that's, that's cool. Where I think the, I think the, 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 not the assumption, but I think the, the hard thing is to, or, or where not this hard, it's not that it's hard. It's just that it's not common. Let's say, I think that's a better phrase. The uncommon thing is to assume that the consumer wants this level. And something I've been pushing for internally, not specifically. So anybody knows me say I'm not specifically referencing anything, just in thought (laughs) is, is, is the consumer does want this information. You have to be this, not just dynamic, but you have to evolve, right? You mentioned something depth versus width. And I think a lot of companies focus on the width. They'll focus on the the Hail Mary throws in marketing. They'll focus on, you know, um, spending money and time in um, grand gestures, but not to me the true depth that like, look, I should be able to go on a journey and make the decision before I make the decision, which makes my job as a sales professional a whole lot easier because now I'm not selling. Now we're engaging. We're having a conversation about your vision. So for those brands out there, um, you know, and I get it, you know, this, you know, I don't want you to give away the the world or trade secrets, but how do you create 
depth in in a, in a, in, a, in an environment that is volatile. You know, like it's, there's a lot of up and down. Nobody wants to really commit to anything. Is this the climate for death? There's something you mentioned that I think is is the climate for death. It is creating the uncommon experience. Okay. You mentioned that it's it's not necessarily that this is hard. It's just uncommon. Yeah. And for me, you hit it on the head where you mentioned like they're more than just a number. I want the person that's purchasing, that's investing in this book, to not just go through the experience of, oh, they got a great package, but now they care more about this package enough to go through the full experience and actually read the book and transform their life, right? It is a volatile market, even as we're talking about, like, as we're talking today in 2022, it's a volatile market. There's this conversation of recession, whether we're in one or we're not in one, we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you open the door to depth versus width, what you create is a lifelong client. Now, many people are short-term. Many businesses are short-term. We got to get the sale. We got to get sales in right now, right now, right now which is important. And it's a balance between getting sales right now versus getting sales long-term. But I always look to play the long game. I have had clients who I think the longest client, maybe four or five years that has worked with me and has spent almost half a million dollars. Had I only focused on first project or first consulting session and not the long game, I probably would have only gotten (laughs) $20,000 out of a half a million dollar client right Mm -hmm. but then i think about the lifetime value beyond the half a million dollars which is i create content whether it's the book the book is a case study of three different clients that i've worked with and how i've helped them leverage the power of storytelling how they've gone through their own journey and and leveraging it and actually making money from the stories that we create uh being on podcasts what you listened to before we ever got here was the audiobook dramatic demonstration audiobook where i put out the first three chapters for free online so that, again, people will see that this is extremely valuable. Um, But that gives me a longer play beyond the time that I am working with the client. So if I've worked with them for only three to four years, let's just say we're done after that. That's the lifetime value of that client, four years. There's another four years I can add on top of that where I'm, I'm continuing to communicate and extract and show examples of the work that we've done together. It's hard to do depth versus width. It's uncommon to do depth versus width. But I think when you create that environment from the beginning, that is what helps you to build a business that lasts, not just for the time right now, but that lasts maybe 10, 15, 20 years from now. Even if you think of selling the business, it lasts 10, 15, 20 years from now. When Keisha and I worked on her documentary series, it was in 2010, I think, when we started. might have been 2009, late 2009, 2010. Uh, we're recording this in 2022. Mm-hmm. Keisha still has that cosmetic business. Although she's gone into other businesses, she still has that cosmetic business that does, don't quote me, but it might be over 5 to $10 million a year because she's played the long game. Doing a documentary in the beginning of a brand when you really don't have that much money, you don't know if people are really going to buy into your brand is risky. But I think when you really believe and you have a heart for what you're doing, you have a passion for what you're doing and you invest 
the time, the money, the effort, people will see that and then they will, um, they will compensate you for that. They will invest in your brand, not because of the product. They will invest in the brand because of you. Easiest example of this is Apple. Many people have invested in Apple because of Steve Jobs, not because of the actual products. Apple was not the first cell phone to be created. Apple was not the first MP3 player to be created. Was not the first computer to be created. But we bought into the vision of the leader. Why? Because they invested in depth versus width. It wasn't just about um, having a computer. It was about challenging the status quo. It wasn't just about having an MP3 player. It was about having a thousand songs in your pocket, right? They understood where their clients and their customers were and then um, created an experience just around that. And to me, that's what I'm always looking to do. It is not, I think it's, it, it is uncommon, but it doesn't have to be. If you really care about what you're doing, if you really want to create transformation for your clients, you're selling um, a, a pre-workout, right? Yeah. Pre-workout supplement. Yeah, yeah. The passion, the drive in that can be created. The depth in that can be created. It's something as simple as, and this is just me off the top of my head, someone that buys it, uh, maybe you don't do the whole unboxing experience like I do. But let's, mm -hmm. say some, let's just say someone buys it, they give you their address, they give you their phone number. You know they're going to get the package within two days. Let's just say two days. Yeah. But they get it today on a Wednesday. The following week, either you or someone from your executive team or, or even someone from the marketing team, you just call them up and say, hey, are you liking the product? Is there any questions we can answer for you? Again, that creates a level of depth because most people are just buying things online and they never hear from the person that actually created it or they never hear from the company that created it. But it creates a level of depth that now in, in 2022 creates a lifetime client that lasts at least 10 years, if not longer, because now you care. And it doesn't take much to show someone that you care. That's what I want to hit on. I know we got a few more minutes left, but I want to hit on that uh, because I don't think that's the focus anymore. And that should be the focus, the C word, care. I feel like that has been uh, exterminated from the vocabulary of human beings. Uh, but just a quick word for our sponsors, then we're going to dive into care. I literally just tried the best pre-workout on the planet. With Superpower pre-workout, you have increased focus and a power boost every single time you work out. It's not only packed with 225 milligrams of caffeine, but it also has citrulline and creatine. It's insane how much energy and focus I had during my workouts. If you're ready to take your workouts to the next level, then ditch your current pre-workout and get the Superpower pre-workout to be your own hero. Yes, www.cvmkglobal.store. So, uh, care, this is something that I have gotten in trouble with, historically. Historically. <laughs> so, <laughs> because I care about the client. I don't care about the sale. I mean, I care about the sale because it helps me feed my you know, wife and I and pay for the heat that's needed in Chicago because it's always cold here. But <laughs> I don't care about the sale more than I care about the success and the feelings uh, and the positioning of who I'm serving. That's what makes me influential, but that's also what robs me to me of my true sales potential because I'm not willing to risk care for revenue. I think we have to get back to the caring part of sales because 
the emphasis on revenue is so high now, you know, profit margins, mm-hmm. um, reducing cost of operations, multiple suppliers. If you can make my package for 10 cents cheaper, I'll go with this supplier so I can increase profit margins, but the quality might be less. Right. And therefore, the customer really is the sacrificial lamb. Because we all want to be rich. We all want the billion dollar yachts. You know, we all want to, uh, you know, fly to the moon. Right. So and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's your thing, that's your thing. I'm not judging. And I'm just saying that, if you know, that's the goal. That's what at least that's what they say. How do we make care important? Like, how, how do you tell an organization you really have to care for your clients? Like, even if that means you take a loss, like, how do you? How do you infuse the message of care? Because it doesn't seem like a good go-to-market strategy. It's two things that come to mind. I'll, I'll give the first one. The first one I think is the easiest, but then I'll, I'll speak to what I think matters more. The first one is how much does it cost you not to care? So in sales, we know what marketing and sales, we know what a client acquisition cost is, right? Yeah. So yeah. hypothetically, you run a Facebook ad and it costs you, you know, it might cost you $20 per person that actually clicks on the ad. Let's just say that's, that's, that actually clicks on the ad and buys from you. That's the client acquisition cost, right? Yeah. Um, but to constantly need to run Facebook ads is, again, just throwing out random numbers, but let's just say you have to spend $20,000 a month running Facebook ads to get a thousand clients. Yeah. Um, but you do that perpetually for six months. So six months, you've spent $120,000 on ads. You've gotten 6,000 clients. The following six months, in my opinion, and I've seen it done before, you should not have to spend an extra $120,000 to get 6,000 more clients. Those first 6,000 should bring in revenue that covers more than $120,000. Depending on the business that you run, economics of it, right? The way that you set that up is just care. When I mentioned earlier with your products, um, just making a phone call, checking in with them, that just shows a level of care. In today's times, many people are skeptical. They're going to be willing to try out your business, but they're skeptical. Even when they start, even when they buy it, they're skeptical. Is this really going to work until they actually see the results? But even how do you guide them on that journey of seeing the results is that you care. So the first, the first part of it is, uh, is just simply sh- looking at the economics. What could happen if we actually cared? And or what happens when we don't care? When we're just looking at people as numbers, we're just trying to get as many people in as possible. You actually burn more money, right? Like I've seen it happen before with a client that I worked with. Before we ever did a documentary series, I was just like, look, you got, I think she had, let's just say over 200 testimonies on her website of of her work. Uh, She was a business coach. 200 clients that she's worked with, testimonials, great. But I was like, they don't go deep enough. Instead of trying to get more clients, what if you just took those 200 or a part of those 200 and you actually did case studies to show what their life looks like now? Not just we help them grow their business by 20%. We help them grow their business by doubling revenue. What does life look like? That client took 10 clients, interviewed them on Zoom, did case studies, emailed her list, 
within 60 days, she was able to make an extra $100,000. Not from us doing a video project together, but just simply giving a damn to go back to these clients to say, hey, what does life look like now? Right. And then sharing those stories. So that's the first response, looking at the economics, looking at the numbers. What does it cost not to care? The second response, though, is I think the more important response. What are your core values and are you living them out? So depth versus width, you mentioned, which is one of my core values. Um, I have four others. So storytelling is another one. Adventure, relentless and then freedom. When, but when it comes to death versus with, why that's such an important core value to me is because that's just the way I've always been in life is, is that I know that when I go really deep with a relationship, with a conversation, it takes me wide and I know that I can, whatever I want to do after that, I can do it because we've gone deep enough that I've built the trust to go wide. Um, when you have your core values and you know your core values, you know what your mission is for the company, it won't be the word care, but there will be something that shows why you care about the work that you're doing. And if, if not, I, for me, because depth versus width is one of my core values, if the client isn't mission-driven or purpose-driven, that doesn't mean they're a nonprofit. It just means that they're, they have a bigger mission beyond just making a sale. If they're not that, we don't work together. And I, I communicate that in the very beginning. But I think any business... The purpose, yes, part of it is to make money, make a profit. That's not what we're talking about. It's not about not making money. What we're talking about, though, is if you really care about other human beings, if you really care that this person, that this product that you've created, the service that you've created is valuable and is transformational, and you really want people to get the transformation, it's not going to be hard to care. If, if you don't care, especially in today's times, 2020, 2022 going into 2023, if you don't care, you won't win in business, period. That's just the way that I look at it. And I think taking the time to slow down and do your core values, taking the time to slow down and look at your mission and vision and are you operating in that mission and vision is what shows that you care internally to then care externally. Um, and so that's, that's for me, I do try to communicate that in the very beginning. I don't work with a client unless we go through core values, unless we, we look at what your core values are. Again, that's because I care enough to help that client in their business as well. Sure, sure. That makes that makes a lot of sense. I know you know we've hit the threshold, and Jude, I want to thank you again. Uh, last question, thirty seconds, man. You mentioned one of the core values being freedom. I can assume relentless is the constant pursuit, right? Of either said client, said target. But you know, I've never heard uh, freedom as a core value. Freedom to do what, though, is my question. I have four freedoms: time, location financial and client freedom. I choose the clients I work with freedom that leads to independence. Um, That independence is important to me because that's what allows me to continue to care. That's just as simple as I can make it because I've taken care of myself and my team. It allows me to take care of my clients, but I, I, it is imperative for me to have that freedom. Um, So it's freedom that leads to independence. That makes sense. Judah, they wanted to connect with you. They want to say, hey, look, I need, you know, uh, I need your your brand building solution. I need this uh, dramatic demonstration. I need not only the book, but the approach, the documentarian effect. I need the whole just solution package. Where can they reach out to you and connect with you? JudeCharles.co 
that is the best place to connect with me and learn more about how I've worked with my clients over the years. Here's the bottom line. In 2022, going into 2023, you'll probably listen to this in 2023. It is imperative as a business to tell stories. There's no longer an option. It is imperative. Um, and if you want to win at business, let's talk. Dramatic demonstration. Go from telling your story to showing your story. Attract premium clients um, and continue to scale your business from there. I like y'all, JudeCharles.co. It is imperative to tell stories. And if you want to keep hearing stories, you know what you got to do? This podcast, CVMK, YouTube, Instagram, underscore global. It is what it is, underscore show. CVMK Globe, TikTok, Cody's, yeah, underscore life one on Twitter. All the, all the above. You know where to find me. But I appreciate you, Joe. I appreciate my audience. And until next time, guys, thanks. Thank you for watching. This has been another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. If you want to keep seeing amazing content, you know what you got to do. Like, click, share, subscribe. And until next time, guys, thanks.